Chapter 53 Although he hadn't eaten since breakfast and had only taken on mouthfuls of water since he emerged from his temporary residence in hell, Steve was not hungry or aware of being thirsty. Isla had so many questions, but she was too relieved to push too hard. She wanted to comfort him through the night. In the luxurious surroundings of his suite, Steve was confused why Isla was in New York, but couldn't form the words to ask what had happened to her. His shock was deep and he seemed unable to make a coherent sentence. She suggested that he shower. Aside from removing the dirt from his body, perhaps the stench of death could be tempered by getting rid of both the grime and the clothes he wore. The first line drawn and expelling the horror. Isla didn't know how close Steve had been to the disaster, but Steve knew it would take more than a long wash and a change of clothes to help him out of the desperate pit he was in. He emerged from the shower in a hotel robe, noticing Isla in the window with her stare fixed on where the towers had stood until earlier that day, a space now replaced by a powerfully lit emptiness. Things had to be addressed. Steve, I don't know what to say to you right now, but there are some calls you need to make. I hope you don't mind, but I looked through these messages and there are some important people who don't know if you're alive. Without addressing the question, he looked at Isla to start the process by addressing his own basic question. Isla, how come you're here? You're supposed to be back home. She gave an account of her day, starting with the plane being unloaded. Steve didn't need details and quickly switched off. He understood the basics and had no room to take on board anything beyond simple facts. He reached into his jacket and found his dead phone. Isla put it on charge for him and handed in the messages and suggested to go through them. Steve's eyes were blank. It's okay, darling. You make the calls you need to, and I'll do the ones you don't want to. I'll say I work for the company. Come on, darling. Doing something will help you process. Does that work? Steve nodded. He had to get a grip and call his dad, Tina, and then Greta. But what could he say about Jared? He burst into tears. Isla reached over and held him. The calls could wait another few minutes. He lay on her lap, and Isla stroked his hair, allowing the silence to dominate the room. Unusually, but appropriately, there was no music, just a unique silence. Interrupted by the quiet sobs and emotional shivering Stee continued to experience with every flashback. After a while, Isla tried again. Stee, these calls. I can't. Okay. Shall I do them all? Would you? If you tell me what to say. He looked at the message cards and walked Isla through who needed to be contacted. I think I should call my dad. He, he should hear it from me. Can you give me a minute? Of course. Do you want me to go for a walk? No, you're not going out there. I can't lose you as well. I won't lose you again, Isla. Please, could you stay? Of course, my darling. For as long as you want. Now make the calls. She'd called him darling. Steve's frantic mind was in a different place. Isla went over to the window and sat out of earshot, giving him space he needed to make calls. Steve dialed his dad first. Today was already tomorrow in England, but he was still awake, answering after a single ring. The whole world was fixed on the 24-hour news cycle and it fell to Sky to pump the British version of events into his father's living room. Steve's dad had a vested interest in every new scrap of information that came from the southern tip of Manhattan. Stephen! My boy! Yes, Dad, it's me. After a moment when only sobbing came down the line, his dad managed to speak. Son, thank God, are you okay? His relief was hard to fathom among the sobs, but Steve was glad to have called home. Dad, I love you. I can't talk, but I'm safe and I've just got back to the hotel. I love you so much. Aside from the tears that they had shed together when his mum was lost to the world, Steve hadn't cried in front of his dad since he broke his arm in a junior football match. It's okay, son. I love you. Let it out. You know your mum was looking out for you today. Can you tell me how you are? I'm safe. 
I'm at the hotel. I promise to call you when I can. But my friend is missing, Dad. I watched him leave and go towards them. He broke down, dropping the phone on the bed. Isla saw what had happened and rushed into the room to help. Hi, Mr Lewis, this is Isla. I work with Stephen. I'll make sure he calls you back tomorrow if that's okay. He's in a state and literally just got back to the hotel, but he is safe and I'm doing whatever it takes to look after him. Thank you. Isla, is it? Please take care of my boy. From the carpet, Steve called out a goodbye, his tears drowned out by his father's explosion of relief. Isla took charge. I really think you need to call Greta and then Tina. She handed him three messages from the mother of his daughter. You know I can't make this call. Isla, I've nothing to say to her. I tried to call earlier and it even connected, but I didn't know what to say. Can you call her for me and just tell her I'm safe? This was not what Isla had expected. Handing calls to friends and colleagues wasn't a problem. Even talking to his dad was okay, but talking to the woman she'd hoped to replace seemed a step too far. If you are sure, I can try. Are you okay doing this? Steve acknowledging it wasn't easy for Isla either, but his mind wasn't capable of computing. For you, darling, anything. Like his dad, Greta picked up on the first ring. Steve? Hi, sorry to call so late. My name is Isla. Greta interrupted her immediately. He's dead, isn't he? That's why you're phoning. He's dead. I knew it. Oh, fucking hell. Not Steve. No, Greta, it's okay. Steve is safe. He has been located and wanted to let you and Amy know straight away that he's alive. I need to talk to him. Can you put him on? I'm sorry, I just work with Steve and make the calls he tells me to. He isn't available at the moment but wanted me to call straight away. Steve could hear Greta's request from the position on the carpet. He put his hand out to take the call. She passed the phone to him and took her seat once again out of earshot. Privacy was not requested but it was required. Hello? Even from a distance, Isla could hear Greta's tears. Now was not the time for her to indulge the insecurity she held about the relationship between Steve and Greta, which still never seemed to end. After a respectful amount of time, she started to re-engage with the room. Steve was still on the phone and talking more freely, finally speaking in coherent sentences. Even though it was the middle of the night back in England, he was talking to Amy. Schnitzel von... He was doing the voices, he was smiling, and he was not talking to Greta. Steve sensed Isla standing in the doorway and faced her as if to prove his more upbeat status, but he wasn't about to lose it. His chin was full of the deep potholes that came before the tears. How he was managing to speak to his daughter without falling apart seemed miraculous. I love you, Amy, he paused, waiting for the little girl to respond. The moment she sent her love, he put the phone down, emotionally crushed by being dad. He pushed out the whale he'd been holding on to throughout his chat, burying himself in a pillow as his body tensed and shivered. The adrenaline that had propped him up all day was finally seeping away. After a time, Isla asked how the conversation with Greta had gone. It wasn't the time to address them, but at this tragic time, neither of them wanted it to be anyone other than Isla, who Steve turned to, to lie on the bed and be unapologetically comforted. Given what had gone on, all bets regarding the order of events for them to go to bed were off in Isla's mind, but Steve couldn't cope. She wanted to comfort him as before, but as she lay her head on his head, Steve tensed and didn't move towards her. Can I do anything, darling? Although he didn't respond, Isla knew she must persist. It wasn't fair on all the people who were clearly frantic with worry. I don't want you to do anything you don't want to, but these people need telling you're safe. He grunted an acknowledgement. He knew he had to deal with things. His crushed feelings would wait, but he was crying uncontrollably at the dark visions playing in his head. Four miles south, visible from the suite, they could see the rescue lights illuminating the cloud that would not disperse. Isla moved closer and Steve was more accepting. He moved his head towards her and she stroked his hair as a parent would comfort a distressed child. 
Do you want me to return those calls, Steve? He nodded, glad that she was taking over. She picked up the messages and separated them as best she could. Steve was popular. There were at least 50 messages to sort through and she put them as best she could into some order of importance. No wonder the staff found him the moment he reappeared.